Welcome. I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. Here I share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. Be sure to check out the show notes where you'll find details about the episodes, plus important links, including the link to the Dogged Planner and Workbook created just for handlers on a mission. So if you're ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey there, and welcome back to the podcast. You know how important I think it is to take a break once in a while, so I am taking my own advice. I am on a break between season three and season four, which will start back in January, but I didn't want to leave you without mindset support for the month of December. So I want you to enjoy some of the most popular podcasts from this season, and I hope they will help you to continue to work on your mindset skills throughout the holidays. I look forward to being back with all new episodes in January. All right. I know everybody loves lists. So this week, I'm going to give you a list of five things you can do to become more mentally prepared for your next trial or test or event or what have you. Okay. So the first one we're going to start with is preparation. Okay. It seems obvious, um, but I think sometimes we cut corners on preparation thinking, ah, it'll be fine. I've got it. Or we run out of time or for whatever reason we cut a corner and we could cut corners in our food, right? We could cut corners in like what we pack for breakfast or what we eat during a day or how much we hydrate thinking like, eh, that'll be something there or I'll volunteer, I'll eat Cheetos and drink free water all day or, you know, or I'll get tickets and then I'll be able to buy French fries or something like that, right? And so that could be a corner that you're cutting, which is food prep right? What is your food prep strategy? Because our brains really need good amounts of protein. We need to be protein, (laughs) how about protein? And we need to be properly hydrated for things to function right up there. Um, We could be cutting corners in our our preparation in terms of practicing or training or proofing. You know, maybe we've trained the heck out of it in the backyard and it's amazing, but if we take it on the road or we take our dogs into Home Depot, they act like they've never seen public before, right? So um, sometimes we cut a corner there. Um, Sometimes we cut a corner because of, you know, weather or, you know, some other thing that keeps us from preparing in the way we would like to. Maybe we don't get to go to that last class before we leave because of something. Or, you know, maybe we don't get to, you know, take the car in to get the oil changed before we go because something happened, whatever. So really think about your preparation and what you need to do and the phrase I always use is to put yourself in the best position. And I like to start this on Mondays. I call my Mondays dogman days, very schmancy mashup between the word dog and admin administrative. And um, I like to get my week straight on Mondays. I use my dogged planner, not surprisingly to do that. And, um, I look at the week ahead. I think about, okay, if this is what I'm doing on Friday, Saturday, or Saturday, Sunday, you know, what is it that I need that needs to happen this week? Do I have 
Cairo for them, for me? Um, do I have, when do I need to go to the grocery store? When do I need to buy jackpot stuff? And my stock, do I have everything I need? Do I need to rent? Like the whole thing, right? Everything. I try to do that on Mondays because I want to give myself some time to schedule that out. And lo and behold, there's usually other stuff going on in between, you know, Monday and the time I'm going to trial. So um, get, make a habit out of preparing. And when you do that, like I just know that on Mondays, I take anywhere from like, I don't know, it could be five minutes to just make sure I got my week organized to like an hour because I'm doing entries and making sure that, you know, I don't miss any closing dates. So if you make that a habit, then it becomes really, really easy. And you can also start to look ahead to the weekend and think about what you're entering, which dogs are running, what classes are they running in. And then that leads me to your second thing that you can do to better mentally prepare. And that is think about what your process goals are going to be for the weekend. Like you going into the weekend, it's another trial. Have you even thought about what you want out of that weekend? And maybe, you know, you're in a zone where you're trialing every weekend or like maybe you're trialing like three weekends a month or something like that. And you just go from trial to trial and it's just, you know, rinse, wash, repeat. But I really think that, um, or I guess it's wash, rinse, repeat, isn't it? Um, but I think it again, we would be better off if we really sat and thought about what do we want out of the upcoming trial? What do we, what does success look like? What is our criteria? What are we working on this weekend? What are our process goals? You know, we, we think like, oh, I always want a queue or, you know, of course you want to, well, no kidding. <laughs> but in order to queue more and to queue more consistently and to just be more confident about your weekend, you really need to think about what it is that you're working on and what you want out of it. For instance, for me, the weekend before I go to a big event, I don't really care if I queue because I'm working on stuff, right? I'm, I'm using it as a prep weekend, you know? I'm using it to try things or that I might see at the next event or, you know, just to practice or to hone something or to work on something that we've been tweaking in practice, okay? Or maybe you're working on having a better mindset or better, better energy with your dog or better connection with your dog. Whatever you're working on, that needs to be your process goals. And I really do start to think about that on Mondays. And the reason is... A lot of times I'm coming off of a weekend where I'm also using that time to record some feedback, like what went right, what went wrong. And I'm not writing, you know, six journal pages on it. I'm just writing down a couple words, couple things I noticed, um, you know, maybe a couple things that went right, went wrong, that caught my attention. And I always make a note of it because by making notes, we then uncover trends or things that we might need to work on. So what did you notice over the weekend? What do you need to work on this week? What is it that you need to then, maybe you need to make a change to your upcoming process goals because of something that happened last week. So when we take that time going back a step to preparation and we think about how we prepare and have we figure out a habit to do that every week at the same time, then it becomes a reflex and then it becomes so much easier. Okay. So preparation is one, you know, setting those process goals is number two. Um, the third thing would be think about your rituals. All right. So I talk a lot about rituals. I have a huge soapbox just dedicated just to rituals. So if you haven't heard my shtick on rituals, rituals are those habits or things that you always do. And I have pre-run rituals and post-run rituals. 
And pre-run rituals include from like the moment I open my eyes in the morning to the time that that dog walks in, walks to the line. Okay. And so for me, that includes, you know, when, when I get to the trial site, you know, I leave my dogs in the car, I get in, I walk around, I get the lay of the land. I probably have to potty myself because it's been a drive. And um, maybe I see how the rings are doing, you know, check in, check, you know, get things. I get settled first before I bring crates in and set up if I'm doing that, or maybe I'm setting up in the car and then I get my dogs out, da, 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 da. And so, and on and on. But I do the same things every time, right down to right before I'm going to run. You know, we're doing some like engagement kind of warm up things, right? Maybe part stretching, part attention, part just engaging with my dog. And the last thing I try to say to my dogs before I run is like, thanks for playing with me, you know, and I kind of rerun my process goals in my head and then I walk into the ring, but it starts in the morning. And so I have a pretty strict routine by now. And there was a time in my life where I had to think about it and I had to sort of plan for it and I had to really kind of step it out and almost write it out at some points and so that I could make sure that it was working. But then once I honed in on a routine that worked for the dogs that I had, which it changes, you know, depending on your dogs, um, then it kind of is just habit. And now it's so habit that my dogs recognize the habit too. Remember, our dogs love predictability. They love like I mean, they, they pick up on all the things. We grab our keys, we're going to the car. You know what I mean? They, they pick up on all these things. So when I engage in this pre-run ritual, my dogs are like, oh, this is a trial day. Like, oh, like I get it. You know, even if we're staying at home, there are signals that I'm doing that show them that we're going to go play a real game today. It's, this is this is not a drill, right? So, um, and I find that those rituals really ground me because it's it's a bunch of less things I have to think about. Um, it's grounding. It's almost like relaxing. It reminds my, like the act of doing those habits reminds me to think of my process goals. It reminds me to think of my breathing. It reminds me, you know, to think of all those things because that's built in. So your pre-run rituals and I have post-run rituals. They're not as lengthy, um, but they include like, okay, you know, I come out of the ring, I run to our jackpot, you know, maybe I go back to the car, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I don't stop and chat about how fabulous or what a train wreck that run was. I put the dog first and, you know, if someone tries to stop me and be like, oh, that was great. Yeah, that was da, da, da. I'm like, thanks, I'll be back, you know, need the jackpot and go on about my jackpotting business. So um, I have a post-run ritual too. Again, less complicated, but I really found I got feedback from one of my dogs when I was um, kind of putting that off. I think what happened was is um, as we were, you know, coming out of COVID and more of us were crating in the car, um, the car seemed far away to me. And so I was like kind of stopping to chat on my way. Well, my dog was like, ahem, ahem, uh, where's the roasted chicken woman? And so I was finding that the delay was really having an adverse impact on rewarding my dog. Sounds like a simple thing, but it made me change how I do that now, right? So we got to pay attention to that. So, um, okay, those are the first three. I'll be right back with the last two. This is a shameless plug for my dogged planner. 
I created a planner, workbook, and journal designed just for handlers with big goals. It's been years in the making and it's finally available and I'm super proud of it. The link to learn more is in the show notes, but quickly, the Dogged Planner has goal setting pages, title tracking, a place to record health information, in-season date capture, notes pages, and monthly and weekly calendars. The workbook is everything except the calendar. And the journal is blank for seminar notes, rehab plans, training notes, agility stickers, or whatever else you may need. All are available on Amazon and are made to order. So if you're serious about slaying your goals this year, then you need the Dogged Planners. Okay. And by the way, you don't have to do these in any order. Like this isn't like an ordered type of thing. It just kind of made sense for this conversation. But the first one, again, reminding is make sure that we're preparing. We're taking, you know, some time to prepare each week for the week ahead. We're making sure that we've got the, you know, everything from snacks to jackpot to hydration, et cetera. Maybe the gas is full, all that, all that preparation and includes feedback from the weekend before. And then we lead into the second one, which was setting your process goals for the upcoming weekend and and having a really clear picture on what success looks like for the upcoming trial. And then third, um, you know, was those rituals. Like, do you have a really good set of pre and post run rituals that you are doing with your dog? And if you don't, if you're, or if you're developing them and you're not sure that they're working, you know, sketch them out in detail on like an index card, you know, kind of step by step. And then what that will allow you to do is then the following Monday, or, you know, even in between days, you can assess and be like, you know what, getting him out, you know, 10 dogs was too much. That was too early. You know, he got too riled up or, you know, getting her out only three dogs, you know, I I didn't have enough time and she was better, but I felt rushed, right? If you don't write it down and log the feedback, how are you going to know and how are you going to hone in on what is really working or not? Okay. All right. So those are the first three. Number four, visualize, visualize everything, visualize starting on Monday or Tuesday, especially if it's a venue you've been to before, you know, think about what you're going to do. Think about what your whole day is. You know, most people, when I get them into visualizing, they're visualizing their runs and I want you to visualize your runs. We're going to come back to that, but I want you to also start visualizing what the whole day looks like. What does it look like when you get your dog to the ring and and she is like perfectly prepared and like her mind's right because she's had her walk or, you know, she's had her, she's been chilling in the, in the car instead of in the building. And so she's more rested or whatever. Like, what does the whole day look like? Not just your runs. And then when it comes to visualizing your runs and really the whole day, I want you to also not just imagine what they look like, like from outside, or like if I was flying a drone over you, I want you to like really embody them and really think about how they feel. Like, what does it feel like when you are, you know, running through a beautiful healing pattern with your dog and your dog is right next to you, right in position, right along that seam of your pants. You know, you make that turn and they're right there, lockstep. That's not just, it's not just a placement. There's a feeling of connection and of oneness and of being in the zone with them that I want you to add into your visualization. The emotions are what make our visualizations extra sticky and extra meaningful. And in that, when we do it that way, 
our brain can't tell the difference between a memory, i.e. we've already done it perfectly, and a visualization. So the more we run through those, the more your brain goes, oh yeah, been there, done that, can do it again, which leads to increased confidence, okay? So really spend time and plan on devoting time to visualizing not only your runs, but like what the whole day is gonna look like, what your whole routine is gonna look like. This is especially important if you're going to a major event. And even if you haven't been there before, you can sort of like walk around in your mind's eye and kind of think about like, okay, this is what's going to happen. And, you know, you know, pieces and parts and you can sort of fill it in, but you want to start to really embody what the perfect day looks like. And whenever, whether you're doing your morning routine or whether you're visualizing your run, you know, if you get to a point where you make a mistake, you know, run it through again until it goes beautifully. All right. We don't want to rehearse mistakes or problems that come up, like just like we don't want to rehearse running into traffic on our way there. And the last thing I'll say about visualization, though, I could go on. <laughs> and the last thing I'll say about visualization is keep it short. You know, we we might be in the ring for five minutes, right? Uh, for like obedience or something, or in my case, draft. Sometimes I'm in the ring for like eight minutes. Uh, agility, of course, it's seconds. Um, but keep it short. Do just a section, do just a sequence at a time and just give yourself like 30 seconds to really sit with it and focus and be in that moment. Because truthfully, five minutes is really hard and it's hard to maintain our focus for five minutes and really be that dedicated to it until we're practiced at it, right? So start short, start with sequences, start with pieces and parts, get it right and then move on to another sequence and give your mind a little break in between. And that leads me to the last one, which is meditation. (laughs) And I always giggle and I shouldn't, but I always giggle because I know that I get so much pushback on meditation. I don't have time. I don't get it. I don't enjoy it. Okay. Well, first of all, there's nothing to get. You just sit and not think, (laughs) which is really hard. So you think about actually your breath or you think about, um, like like just the sounds that you're hearing. You can do a walking meditation, you know, where you just think about, you know, the birds or you just think about the sounds under your feet or something like that. There's a bunch of different meditations, okay? Guided meditations, whatever. We're getting to the point where our technology and the apps and everything, there's kind of no excuses anymore. We're running out of excuses. And my best, um, I don't know, sales shick for talking you into meditating is so that you can visualize better, focus longer when you're in the ring and improve your mental stamina. Okay. So like meditation also really helps calm you down. If you're a person who has a lot of ring nerves or a lot of anxiety, like meditating, like calms your system down. It's not just calming your brain down and all of those thoughts that are running around in your head. It's literally teaching your body, your physical body, how to relax. So it's really important that we give our bodies, ourselves time to feel safe and relaxed and like nothing is, no worries, no stresses are out to get us, right? Our bodies need that recovery time. So meditation is hugely important. There's a lot of different ways to do that. One of the way, one of the things I always say, if you hate meditation, you just haven't found a version that's right for you because there literally are that many. It's not just all about, you know, eat, pray, loving, you know, sitting on a bench until the mosquitoes eat you alive, trying to clear your thoughts, right? If you've seen the movie, or read the book. Anyway, um, it's really about being able to sit and let the rest of the world go in order to just 
be for a minute, okay? And you can do it for three minutes. You can do it for one minute and it will have benefits, okay? And I swear, it helps you get in the zone faster because you learn how to like lock out every other distraction and only focus on the present moment. It helps you relax your body and give your body, like I said, that sort of like safe moment of like stress-free life. What is stress-free life? But anyway, gives you that. Um, And it teaches you focus and mental stamina. All of these things we need to have a better mindset and to be able to perform better in the ring, lock out everything else, get fully in the present and lay it down, right? That's what we need. So those are my five things that you can do. Again, not linear. Um, I already know some of the ones you're going to skip, but don't, (laughs) but all really impactful. And, and, you know, I probably have podcasts on each one of these because I think that each one of these are so important in their own right. But um, think about this as a checklist for yourself, right? How many of these things are you doing on a weekly basis? And maybe this week you start with preparation. Next week it's preparation and process goals. You know, the weekend after it's preparation, process goals and ritual, you know, whatever. Just add on um, and really just try to push yourself to expand what you are doing in order to improve your mindset. Like how are you dedicating your time and attention to getting a stronger, more consistent, more confident mindset that you know is going to pay off in the ring. Okay. So that's my challenge. It's like, see how many of these you can pick up and you can do on the regular, you know, make a note in your phone. Um, not now if you're driving, um, you know, do some index cards, do some reminders, but really commit to getting these practices like you know, to be a habit in your life. And I know, I know, I know, I know that it will pay off. I know because I have evidence and proof and clients and lots of people and members in the membership, all the people um, really tell me that it works. Okay. So give it a try. That's your homework for the week. All right. And no matter what you're doing this week, I hope you have a fantastic week with your dog. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. Check out my Dogged Planner workbook and journal available on Amazon. Just search for Dogged Planner. I also offer monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out all the ways you can work on your mindset. And be sure to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The Q Coach and let me know how it's going. Finally, please share, subscribe, and leave a review. This helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.